Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Tom Curie, who's Vice President of Logistics at Kingsgate Logistics, and Prasad Galopoli, who's founder and CEO of Trucker Tools. And today we're going to talk about how technology enables brokers to work smarter, not harder, to drive profitability. Now, working smarter, not harder is certainly uh, you know, a must for everybody in transportation today. But it's particularly important for, uh, you know, for freight brokers in light of, you know, the increased competition out there in the industry, uh, as well as the increased, you know, customer expectations. So then the question becomes, you know, how can brokers, you know, work smarter and not harder? What does that mean exactly? Um, what are some of the leading causes or drivers of, of cost and inefficiencies in the industry today? And how can technology help overcome those uh, inefficiencies and help brokers work smarter and, uh, you know, drive profitability? Well, those are the questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And, you know, it's great to have, you know, uh, Tom and Prasad with us today to share their insights and perspective on this market and what's happening and to sh kind of share their advice. So, uh, Tom, Prasad, welcome to the program. No, thanks so much for having me, Adrian. I'm, I'm super excited about being able to really talk about this. I think it's, it's such a, a great need in our industry. You know, there's all kinds of great buzzwords and, and everyone's talking about it. So I think uh, really having this deep dive is, is super valuable. So thanks for having me. Likewise, Adrian, um, thanks for um, having me here. Um, I'm very glad to be part of this discussion. Um, as you know, we had a very good year 2018 in transportation and looking forward to a very exciting um, 2019 and beyond. Um, we are going through such high uh, transformation in this space. It's almost we are living a dream here, all of us. So excited to be here. Thanks. No, absolutely. I mean, certainly there's so much going on in the industry. I mean, for some it's a dream, for others it's a nightmare and, and you know, and everything in between, right? But, you know, the, the, the main goal is, hey, you know what, this industry is going to continue to change. And, you know, the way we worked 10, 15, 20 years ago is just not going to work or going to be as effective, you know, moving forward. So we have to really, uh, uh, you know, figure out, you know, what, what are the key trends and then how to respond to them, you know, as, as uh, intelligently as possible. Uh, so, so, Tom, let, let's start with you and, and kind of before, before we dive into this topic, uh, just for the benefit of our viewers who may not be familiar with, uh, with Kingsgate, can, can you share a little bit about, you know, the company and your, your role there at, at uh, Kingsgate Logistics? Yeah, so um, Kingsgate Logistics, we were founded in 1986, um, actually started by Tom and Mary Beckham, um, the, the original founders, and uh, their children bought the company in 2008, and since then, they have just continued to really expand on um, really the founding principles that the company was started with, and um, we've been really fortunate the last five years, at least we've had 20 to 30% growth year over year. Uh, so we've been, we've really been able to take advantage of a lot of different things in this space. And, um, you know, this year we're, we're opening our first satellite office, which is exciting for our team. And as we continue to expand, so operationally, we work heavily in the food space, um, anything from produce to refrigerated finished goods to dry bulk ingredients um, that are going into those finished goods. And so um, we've worked heavily in that space and uh, we've, we've, we've experienced a lot of success from being there. I joined the company a little over two years ago, uh, primarily focused on building out our sales team and our strategy for that, uh, as well as working from a technology perspective to really start leveraging um, and, and expanding our use of technology across the entire organization, anything from operation sales, recruiting, accounting, just a little bit of everything. Great, great. Well, great, great longevity there, you know, with the company. Certainly a lot has changed since, uh, you know, the mid 80s, since the company was, was, was founded. And, uh, you, you know, uh, you know, kind of your focus there kind of makes a lot of sense in terms of how to, you know, kind of keep looking forward now in terms of how to keep that success, uh, you, you know, going forward. Um, you know, certainly, you know, 2018 was a very challenging year in transportation, especially finding, you know, capacity. I mean, when you look at the way, you know, freight brokers have traditionally, you know, operated, I mean, what are the biggest drivers of cost and inefficiency? Yeah, so uh, it's it's funny you talk about the change that we've seen since 86, and um, that's uh, the year I was born. So yeah, there's been a lot of change since 86. And so, um, you, know, I, you know, I came into the industry roughly 12 years ago. Uh, that's when I, you know, started kind of cutting my teeth in the logistics space. And, you know, what's, what's interesting about technology is what we've really been trying to do hasn't changed that much. Um, we're just trying to make better use of our time. 
right? I mean, constantly there's everything that we're doing. We're looking at ways to save time, wave, uh, to shave time, to do everything that we can. It, it's still our most valuable resource at the end of the day. And so, you know, we've seen that technology has really uh, done a great job of focusing in that space. But where, where we think that typically it gets over, overlooked is that we're, we're looking at how to shave time off of bad processes. Um, so as opposed to fixing the process, um, we're making the process easier to do. So, you know, for us specifically um, is really when it, it comes to leveraging your carrier base in the 3PL space. So we've, we've done a lot, you know, and, you know, I'd like to think that when it comes to the onboarding process, it's gotten a lot easier. You know, when I was slinging freight 12 years ago, when I was onboarding a carrier, you know, I was, I was taking faxes and I was having to read through every page of the contract to make sure they didn't, you know, write something on there that wasn't supposed to be um, double checking all the paperwork. And, and it was just an, it was an awful experience. Every time we had to onboard a new carrier, it was like, ah, oh, this, this isn't any fun. We don't, we don't want to do this. And so, um, but the problem is, is we've, we've gotten better at that. Um, and the reason that's a problem is because it's so easy now to just onboard carriers. And so the, the inefficiency that we see so often is we're not leveraging the technology that we already have. You know, I liken it to uh, the process of buying a car. Um, the car buying process is, is great, right? It's a lot of fun to go buy a car. Uh, imagine going out and buying a brand new car every single time you had to go to work. Um, it's, it's, it'd be awful, it doesn't make sense. And what we've been doing in, in, this, in this space is we've been buying new cars constantly as opposed to driving the car that we already have. And so um, the, the efficiency gain that we have there is a bit of a fallacy. You know, we're doing it quicker, but that's not necessarily the right thing to do. And so, you know, we've, we, you know for us, uh, a real big driver of cost efficiency is how do we leverage what we already have? You know, I think that that goes across the board for so many things. You, you talk about people who've got TMSs. You know, are you really capitalizing on the TMS that you have? You talk about um, capacity, you know, cares that are already on board in your system. Are you really able to, to leverage that capacity the way that you're supposed to, um, to simple things like, you know, um, email. I mean, there's just so many things that we've got big data, right? We've got all the data we could ever want in our life right now, but we still don't know how to use it. And so, you know, it's really, uh, driving the cost of inefficiency because we're getting things, but we still don't quite know what to do with them yet. Yeah, no, a lot, of, a lot of great points there. You know, certainly one of the things that you mentioned in terms of the, the time dimension and the time factor, that's something I hear a lot from, from, from brokers. Uh, and obviously time is, is very tightly linked with labor, right? So you want to be able to, you know, have your, your, your people working on more value-added activities and, and free, the, free up time, you know, for them to do yeah. some of these value-added activities. Um, and then there's, you know, the, hey, looking at your processes, right? Are they the right processes or not? And if they're the right processes, are you operating them as efficiently as possible, leveraging the technology you may already have, but using them to their fullest potential? Uh, or, hey, is there a better way? You know, and consistently asking, you know, is, is there a better way? And then seeing how you can automate and streamline, the, you know, these better ways. You know, Prasad, I kind of bring you into the conversation here. Um, you know, you work with a variety of, of customers in, in the industry. I mean, what, what kind of operational challenges did this year's, you know, transportation, you know, market, you know, create for, for freight brokers and how do they compare to kind of what, what Tom was talking about? Hey, um, sure. Um, we work with a lot of brokers um, uh, with, you know, uh, part of Trucker Tools, uh, whether they are large brokers or medium-sized small brokers. Um, irrespective of their size, one thing that has been common that we have seen is that the cost of covering freight has been high. If anything, it's really out of whack. It's one of the biggest cost drivers for any brokerages out there. Now, um, if you look at what, what's causing this cost to go up, there are three issues that um, freight brokers face today. Um, first one is they make too many calls to cover freight uh, in the order of 30 to 40 calls. Um, and that's, you know, if you think about it over a period of time, that's a lot of time and energy. Um, you know, this is one of the things that uh, Tom was talking about, uh, you know, too many manual tasks. The second one is even more profound. Um, that is about 80 to 90% of carriers that brokers use fall into one load wonders. 
So what, what we call a one, one load wonder is carrier picks up a freight, delivers the freight, and falls off of the system. So the carrier is moving on to broker to broker. And all the effort that the brokers put in to find this carrier, so going back to what Tom just said, buying this new car, all you're getting is one load, one load out of that carrier. And that becomes a huge inefficiency because that's adding to your cost of covering freight. And the third one is, it's almost like a system process issue where there are multiple ways brokers find capacity. Spreadsheets, phone calls, emails, load boards. But there is no one accurate source that aggregates all of this. So um, if anything, it's almost like finding a needle in a haystack. And the whole process is set up in such a way that um, when a freight broker or a carrier matches for a load, it's um, not thought through or you know not efficiently done, but more or more by chance in some way, right? So these three issues are the ones that are driving the cost of moving freight or covering freight for a broker, or a freight broker. Now, when we look at the underlying drivers of these three. Um, obviously, the first one is there is no accurate information. So when you don't have accurate information, um, everything that you're doing, you're working off of stale information or you're trying to weed out, filter out garbage in that information, which you can't do manually. And so you're always chasing, uh, you're stuck behind eight ball. The second one is, you know, looking backwards, we have had a very good year. Uh, almost a year and a half now. Economy is growing. There is driver shortage. And so these factors are putting more pressure on being more efficient. Um, and there is capacity crunch. So that's the second driver. The third driver is um, there is an influx of Uber-like models coming into the space. Now, um, Every year in transportation, we have keywords, and this year it has been digital freight matching. Everybody thinks that, you know, get rid of the broker and every, all of a sudden everything is efficient, which we know is not true. Um, you know, brokers add a lot of value, but their influx is putting additional stress on the overall process. So those, you know, this, if you sum it up, um, although the year has been really good, the biggest challenge is that brokers are facing today or uh, the cost of covering freight is, is very high yeah those are, those are all great you know great points and we did, we did talk you, you were on the program earlier this year and we talked about those one load wonders and I, I think that that was a great uh, you know insight there because that is I think gets to the heart of the problem you know that creates those those inefficiencies because you're basically you know to Tom's point you're buying a new car every day right you're going through that whole effort every single time you try, try to cover you know find a carrier to cover capacity um, and, and the fact that there's a lot of information um, across various different channels, but a lot of that information is already stale or out of date, or how do you, how do you bring that together in a way that's more efficient, I think is uh, you know, one of those challenges that the, uh, the industry faces. Um, you know, so, so Tom, I mean, going back to kind of the title of our, uh, of our episode here, you, you know, one of the phrases you hear a lot these days, again, is the need to work smarter, you know, not harder. I mean, what, what opportunities did you find within your, your operations to, to work smarter in, instead of harder? And, and how did you know, technology help you, you know, go after those opportunities? I mean, what, what key capabilities were you looking for? Yeah, so for uh, Kingsgate, it was interesting. You know, when I kind of jumped into the company, um, they were really excited about starting to leverage technology in new ways. Uh, they had a lot of ideas, and um, they just hadn't really gotten to the point where they were really putting them into place uh, yet. And so... When I jumped on, we really started looking at where are opportunities for this? You know, I, I'm one that I believe that you need to find that low hanging fruit, right? Where, where's an opportunity where we can really start tapping into leveraging technology to get better at our daily uh, routine. And uh, we were also dealing with this 20 to 30% growth, right? So we're, we're growing. We don't want to lose sight of that growth and we're doing good things. That's allowing us to grow. And so there's this, you've kind of got this, this yin and yang, right? You've got these people that are like, hey, we're growing 20, 30% a year. We don't need to change anything, right? But then you can see the pressures of what's happening and you need to say, I'm going to either respond to it or it's going to just run me right over, right? 
And so uh, the first thing that we really looked at, and this is really where Prasad and I um, ended up connecting, was we were looking at our, our tracking needs. Uh, so we, you know, with that with that increase, you know, we kept saying, well, we've got to add more people to our tracking team. We've got to continue to expand that out. And we noticed that we were doing so much repetitive work that we didn't need to. We already knew there was technology out there. And so it was a, it was a matter of us to, to determine who was going to be the right partner for that. And so uh, that's where we first ran into Trucker Tools and we started using their load track uh, platform. And uh, part of why we, we went with that platform was um, I was familiar with the Trucker Tools application already. Uh, before I came to Kingsgate, I worked with a refrigerated carrier and we had 200 owner operators in our fleet. And uh, when we would train uh, groups of new owner operators and kind of let them know our processes, we would always talk about Trucker Tools as an app. It was a great resource for them. And so when we really started looking for um, tracking services, I knew that I wanted something that was really GPS based. I wanted something that I wouldn't have to fight with a, a, an owner operator to convince him to download this app. Right. And uh, because of how widely used it was, we started looking at that. And what we did is we really started changing the whole platform for how we really tracked and managed our freight. Uh, we started, you know, we, we had two buckets, right? We had what we would call automated tracking. Um, and then we would have manual tracking that we were working through. And as we started balancing that out, we've, we've continued to increase the amount of volume that we're doing on that automated tracking piece. And so, you know, as we, as we started doing that, what we found is that uh, trucker tools uh, as a partner of ours, um, they wanted to go past just tracking, you know, tracking was, tracking was maybe the, the, uh, what creaked that door open. Uh, but then we really got an opportunity to talk to them about, um, the vision and, and really the ideology behind what they really wanted to do. And so, you know, we started having, con uh, great conversations about this untapped capacity, you know, these, these one load wonders. And, um, you know, when I was, when I was moving freight back in the day, you know, I had a, you know, I had a sheet of trucks. I knew what they did. I knew when they did it. Um, but I was moving 50 to 60 loads a week and there was only 10 or 12 people on that, on that list. And they weren't moving all my freight. I, I dealt with the one load wonders all the time. And, um, so I, I understood, I understood the need for that. It's, but the problem has been technology. You know, again, we've used technology to do so many things to save time, but we haven't leveraged technology to tap into what we already have. And so as they started building out, you know, smart capacity, it really began the shift for our organization. Really something that was going to say, hey, let me, let me help you use what you already have. Let me, let me bolt into your TMS. Let me, let me connect with you hand in hand and really figure out and give you visibility into what you've got right underneath you. And so, you know, we, we've seen that opportunity and we've been building it out. And just uh, uh, about two or three weeks ago, we've actually started having conversations about hiring a, what um, lack of better words, a, a tech carrier sales rep, someone who literally is just leveraging technology like smart capacity to really secure equipment for our clients going forward. And, you know, it's, it's a completely different mindset. Um, and, you know, as we've, as we've seen that, you know, it started with, again, it started with track and trace, um, being able to start getting them better visibility into what's happening, but it is continuing to go throughout our entire organization to figure out, Hey, here's a different way that we could be doing this a lot better. Um, there's a, there's a smarter way, you know, it's not about just pounding the phones, right? Um, that's the, that's the old adage that we all say was you just, well, it's a tough low. Well, you just got to pound the phones. Well, no, there's, there are better ways to do this. Let's find carriers that are already in our network that are familiar with those lanes that like to go in those areas, something that, that matches up in their own freight network where we can, we can all work together to, to help this work better. Yeah, no, that's a great, uh, you know, great, great journey, you know, you, you had there. And, you know, I think to your point, I mean, I think the, the first hurdle really was, particularly because you're growing so fast, like you said, is it's very easy to, easy to become complacent to say, hey, you know, mm -hmm. if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? And I think, you know, having the, the foresight and the, um, uh, you know, the will, if you will, to say, hey, you know what, this, it's exactly because we're doing so well that we have the, uh, we, we can afford to really start, you know, looking at other opportunities and start investing in, in areas because we know, you know, mark, this market, you know, changes all the time and, you know, we've got to be ready for whatever twists and turns it, it has and, and, and 
continue to look for ways to work, you know, to, to, to work smarter. And, and then again, I think the, the examples you gave is, you know, there's a lot of data and information and relationships you already have built in place, but it's how do you tap it? How do you leverage technology to tap into that data, tap into those relationships to work in a smarter way than you currently have been, you know, doing, you know, working, you know, leveraging technology instead of pounding those, uh, those telephones, uh, which is, you know, what I heard, uh, you know, Prasad, um, Kind of going back to you, you, you touched upon this a little bit in, in kind of the points that you brought up. I mean, in addition to work smarter, not harder, you know, there's a lot of conversation today, a lot of discussion today about disruption, you know, in the industry, right? I mean, on, on the one, you know, one type of disruption is focused on disintermediation, right? That is on taking freight brokers out of, the, out of the value equation, as you mentioned. But the other type is focused on what I would call, you know, transformation, which is really about you know, eliminating waste and inefficiencies that exist in current processes, uh, you know, between the brokers and the carriers and, and the shippers and, and enhance the value of existing relationships. I mean, from your perspective, I mean, will one type of disruption ultimately prevail uh, or will we see both happen? Um, you know, when you look at these two models, on one hand, um, model that wants to take the brokers out, you know, we have seen this happen in other industries. Now, Uber became very popular by doing this in transportation, so we call this as Uberization model. Um, on the other hand, you have transformation. Taking the existing model and fix all the inefficiencies and transform from that point. So the, the first model, um, it's, you know, the first model basically believes that transportation is very similar to taxi business which is not true because, you know, if you look at taxi business, what Uber has done, Uber likes have done to transportation business is that they brought in additional capacity to transform that industry. Um, whereas in transportation, nobody is bringing additional capacity into it. They're all playing with existing carriers. So if anything, by getting in transportation, the so-called these disruptors, they're further fragmenting the whole market by taking some carriers away into an island, into their system. Um, so they're not truly adding value. The second biggest thing in transportation is that, as Tom has mentioned earlier, uh, for years, brokers and carriers have been working together. They have built these relationships. If you talk to any freight broker, they pretty much can tell you, if you give them enough time, based on their past experience, they tell you there are certain carriers that can do this job for because they have built those relationships. Similarly, when you go to the carrier side, carriers don't just want to work with any broker. They want to work with the brokers that they trust the most. Because, um, you know, again, I'm drawing a parallel here between a taxi business and a freight transportation. Um, in taxi business, when let's say you and I know get off at an airport, we get in a taxi. Um, the person who is driving the taxi is not worried about whether we will pay him on time or not, because before when we get out, we pay him, right? Whereas the person who is moving freight, a guy who owns one truck, picking up freight from a point, um, he's probably picking up freight in the middle of the night in some remote location. So he doesn't know if his address is correct, what happens if the pickup number is not right? He wants to make sure that there is someone in the office, someone like a broker, who can make sure that everything, the, the process runs smoothly. Uh, it's pretty much uh, TCB, right? taking care of business. That's all brokers are trying to do there, making, keeping carrier happy. And, and more importantly, when the carrier goes and delivers the goods and moves on to the next freight, Carrier doesn't want to be worried that um, that he won't get paid. Uh, and so they like to work with brokers that they trust the most. Um, so for, for these reasons, when you look at um, these two models, while someone who talks about disrupting a model, we have gone through history where Netflix has disrupted Blockbuster, Amazon is, is disrupting retail business in some way. Those are sexy stories. But um, the truth of transportation is that when you look at these two models, transformation model has 
better success rate because it is building on what's working already, like the human relationships, the processes that are already there. The inherent knowledge and the expertise, that intelligence, this transformation model captures and embraces that and only fixes the inefficiencies like, um, you know, when as a broker, if your goal is to move only one load um, per day, let's say, uh, or one load period, uh, you can do it on a paper and a pen and a phone, right? You can call all the things and you can write down and you can do efficiently. When, you, when we are moving, not thousands, millions of uh, uh, loads every day, we need some kind of a technology that can do this quickly. So adopting to technology is the best way there. It's, it doesn't mean that the, the middleman has to be taken. For that reason, um, we at Trucker uh, Tools have built our smart capacity uh, following the minds of transformation rather than disruption. So um, smart capacity embraces the existing model, empowers brokers, so that what they already know, what they already do, we're helping them do much better by fixing the inefficiencies in the process and building on their existing human relationships. So, um, you know, going back to a uh, few things, um, you know, we looked at how brokers move freight a little bit, uh, how carriers move freight a little bit. Uh, for these two parties, what we are looking at is transforming not just their technology, but their mindset. So on the broker side, what um, we're looking at is, when we talk about transformation, instead of thinking like a broker, now we're promoting the idea of think like an asset-based company. So put the carriers carrier before you, or the truck before the load. So when you do that, you're promoting loyalty. You're taking care of that carrier's asset and asset utilization, which is good for that carrier and hence good for you and good for the shipper. And also carrier is now as a stronger loyalty towards you as well. And on the carrier side, what we are promoting is better returns. So instead of just saying, I want to make as much money as I can make on this load, I don't care where it is going to, um, we take the analogy of golf here. Um, you know, every shot you play in the golf, you want to set it up for a better next shot. And similarly, every load that a carrier picks up should take that carrier into a, an area or a market where that carrier has a better reload probability. So you're making continuously making more profits. Anyone in transportation will tell you this. Now, it's not hard to make money on, on one transaction in moving one, one load, but it is hard to make money consistently. And that consistently is very important because one bad load could wipe off you know, several loads, uh, profits from several loads. So this basically improves efficiency overall um, between carriers, brokers, and shippers. So that's, that's what we're promoting through yeah, no, great. Uh, you, you know, a lot, a lot to unpack there, but but I like the um, you, you know the the comment you made about not just transforming from a kind of technology standpoint, but transforming from a uh, you know the way they, each party thinks and their perspective of the market and their role and what value they're bringing to uh, you know to the market. So I think that's a that's a powerful way to you know think about it as well. Uh, and I think you're right. I mean, I, I kind of I've seen other attempts at quote unquote disrupting the industry in the past that that haven't gone you know, too well. So, I mean, certainly trying to disrupt is, is a much riskier, uh, you know, approach. And number two, I think to your point, you know, making an equation between what, what's happening in the taxi industry or what's happening retail to the transportation industry, you know, those things, it's not apples and, and it's not apples to apples. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, unique uh, things about the transportation industry where these relationships, as you talked about, you know, are, are you know, are very important. Um, you know, so, so I think at the end of the day, I think what, what the so-called disruptors have brought to the table is that they have elevated the role and importance of technology in this industry. So I think it has, you know, from my perspective, it has lit a fire, if you will, underneath the industry as a whole to say, hey, 
you know, you can't be operating like you're in 1986 anymore, right? <laughs> uh, we're coming in with new technology. We're leveraging machine learning and we're leveraging mobile and we're leveraging apps and so forth. Um, you know, you can disagree on whether, you know, the, the approach and their strategy is the right one, but certainly the role that, of technology, uh, I think, is, uh, you know, something they put the spotlight on. And I think, um, you know, I think what you're doing with uh, Trucker Tools and what you're doing there at Kingsgate is, is kind of a good example of that, how, you know, you, you've got to respond to that, you know, uh, uh, that role that technology is playing in, in this industry. So, so with that, Tom, I mean, um, you know, can you share with us some, some of the benefits you, you have achieved to date, uh, you know, using you know, some, you know, smart uh, capacity and and perhaps some of the other technologies you might be using? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I think I would, I would add to the conversation you guys were just having is that I think if there's any companies who really aren't responding in some way to both of those topics, you know, um, they're really just working themselves out of the industry, to be quite honest. You know, I think if anyone's avoiding uh, the, the, the use of technology, um, or they're avoiding um, migrating into to new things, different things, different ways. Um, they're just they're just going to miss it. And I believe that it's technology um, that is actually helping shippers see the value in the 3PL um, more than they have historically. That's only going to remain true if you're actually doing something with technology. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's it's funny you hear things like words like Uberization, and you talk about the Amazon effect and. I haven't come up with a great word for one for Kingsgate yet. We've, it's got to be something buzzy like that, that everyone's going to get excited about. But um, yeah, I'll figure something out one of these days. But, you know, in terms of some of the benefits that we've achieved, um, you know, we, what's funny about when we, when we went to set up smart capacity, we didn't set up smart capacity because we were ready to use it. We set up smart capacity through Trucker Tools because we believed in it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything about we need to put this in today. We need to start using it right now. It was, it was really the fact that we believed in the, in the idea behind what we were really wanting to accomplish with it. And so for us, the number one benefit that we received um, from, from initially going onto the platform was it gave visibility to our carrier network. You know, myself coming from a truckload carrier, you know, we had, we had 200 uh, pieces of equipment that we were trying to keep busy. We were trying to keep filled in our entire company. We had one sales rep working to secure freight for all of those trucks. And I mean, you, you got to imagine how, how, uh, that number gets smaller and smaller. I don't know how many, how many you get smaller than one, but, um, as you continue to get smaller as that, that piece of uh, equipment becomes five, Right. And so, you know, we saw that we needed to be able to give them greater visibility and every, every broker under the sun is saying, log into my portal, log into my app, log into my, this, log into my, that. And to be honest, they didn't want to do it. Uh, They, they didn't want, they didn't want to have to constantly go into some, well, let me go check and see what so-and-so's freight is today. Okay. I'm going to log out of there and let me go check on this one's now. And, um, and especially as you, you talk about TMS technology, you've got TMSs that are putting out their own apps and, each of these carriers would have to log out of the app for Kingsgate and then log into the app for the next broker. And it was just a, it was a horrible process for them. And so um, the first thing we saw was we, we put smart capacity in place. We didn't even touch it. We literally just put it in place. We synced it up with our data. We made it live and I didn't even tell my team about it because they weren't ready for it yet. They weren't, they weren't prepared for that. Again, we'd been seeing 20 to 30% growth. They weren't going to be ready to adopt this new technology quite yet. So we just put it in place so that our carriers would have visibility. Anyone that was in our network, we could give them visibility into what we currently had available. And what started happening is my carrier sales team started receiving responses from carriers who were looking at our freight in the smart capacity platform. They were reaching out and all of a sudden I started getting emails from my carrier sales team and said, Hey, where are the people, where are these people coming from? Where, where are we getting? And, and it was great to be able to look at them and say, Oh, they're already in our network. These are people that we've already done freight with. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't remember doing a load with them. Well, we did a load with them a year and a half ago, you know, or two years ago. And they were all one load wonders. These weren't, these weren't normal people that were just reaching out. These were, these were people that we had done freight with at one point who now were seeing opportunities to come back, you know, kind of come back into the fold, right? 
and move freight for us again. And as we started doing it, then there were more questions that was coming up from my team. They're saying, okay, well, if they're seeing it, what, what can we do with the platform? And that's when we started slowly bringing users in. We started saying, hey, let's, let's sit you down. Let me walk through this. Um, let, me, let me show you the value of the platform. Let me, let me really start to focus. And that's how we were able to really start having um, people adopt to the, to the technology. If, if I went out to my team and I said, hey, great, I got, I got good news for you guys. Um, we're just going to go ahead and uh, stop using all these things, and you're just going to use this platform, they would kill me. That's exactly what they would do. Uh, they would not be happy about it. The other thing that we're really excited about is we've really started tapping into um, what the load matching tool that um, Prasad and his team have put together. And so what's interesting is Prasad had mentioned earlier about talking about digital freight matching. And uh, we hadn't really heard a whole lot about it. We've seen a little things that were, were starting to come out in the industry. And the conversation kind of uh, struck up because I think everyone's getting email uh, lists about equipment capacity. You know, this is what we have available for today. And Prasad and his team had reached out to us and said, hey, you know, what are you guys doing um, with those emails? And, um, you know, I said, well, let's just be honest about it. We're deleting them. That's, that's really all we're doing with them. And, uh, and it wasn't because we wanted to delete it or we didn't care about the, the email, um, but it was because we didn't have the time, right? We talked about earlier about time being our most valuable resource. We didn't have the time to go put that into our TMS. We didn't have time to go through all these emails because we were getting so many of them. And uh, so their, their team has put together this, this uh, tool where we are actually automatically sending these emails um, into the Trucker Tools team. So, um, you know, we also knew that our team, you know, unfortunately, it, it doesn't take very long to hit forward, but we knew that they wouldn't take the time to hit forward on their email. So we set up auto rules and it was automatically going to the Trucker Tools team. And it's taking that capacity and it's scrubbing it up against our available shipments that we have in the system. And it's automatically reaching out to those carriers and saying, hey, you told us that you had a, a truck in Cincinnati and they've actually, Kingsgate's got a load for you coming out of Cincinnati if you would be interested. And we started doing that just a few weeks ago. And uh, we sent some capacity in at 841. And at 847, that carrier had reached out to us about a load. And our team never touched. They never looked at an email. They never responded to an email. All of a sudden, they said, this guy's already interested in our load. And we, we never lifted a finger. And so we're, we're really, really excited about that because we think that's just going to really take this type of technology to the next level for us. You know, it's not, it's not a list where you're having to go through the list and say, okay, these guys are potentials. It's automatically reaching out to the carers, showing them what's available for them, and then they're able to make decisions and respond to what they're most interested in. Well, that's a great, that's, that's a great example there. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny, you know, you go from, you know, uh, you know, deleting these emails, right, that, that would come in just because, as, you're, as you said, you know, they're kind of uh, stale information by the time you were able to, you know, even get to them, to now leveraging them in, in you know, this more automated and, and intelligent way to, um, and then you're actually able to see results, uh, you know, so, so quickly. Uh, you know, Prasad, but we're running, you know, kind of, you know, short on time here. So, um, you know, quickly, you know, for you, I mean, how do you see the industry evolving, you know, over the next few years? I mean, what new you know, challenges or opportunities will arise and, and kind of how will technology help freight brokers, you know, respond to those? It's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I know we have a, had a very good time um, or year, year and a half um, with the transformation that's happening in this industry. It's very hard to predict in the long term. But if you take the next few years, um, that transformation that we are in the middle of will continue. If anything, will get even more aggressive. Um, so, you know, to go back to what Tom has said, you know, that example of email parsing using natural language, that's just the beginning. It's not the end. You know, there are so many things. Um, we are becoming, instead of calling it a technology revolution, I would rather call it a data artificial intelligence revolution that's happened. We are dependent on systems basically looking at uh, a particular, you know, all the data and identify what markets a particular carrier goes to typically. And based on that, pull loads from brokers and put that as matching. It's, it's uh, um, you know, an analogy would be if Amazon and uh, Google got together and wanted to transform this industry, what would they do is what's happening right now. 
you know, um, it, it's really exciting because now what, what's happening is the efficiency of people is, you know, going back, time is very valuable. People are very valuable. The efficiency of people is going to go through the roof. And so, you know, a um, couple of challenges that, that come to my mind. I think the biggest challenge is how these companies adapt to the technology, this transformation, this technology slash data transformation that we are going through. Um, and companies, when we talk about companies, both on you know, brokers, 3PL side and carriers, there are people who have done this manually for many years or through some manual process. They are under the mindset that this transformation is going to eliminate their position. They feel a little insecure, um, which is not true, absolutely. Because, you know, um, if anything, that this transformation is focused on improving their efficiency, their output. So how do organizations educate these the second group is even more interesting because millennials have entered the marketplace already in big numbers. And for them, technology is, is natural. And so um, they look at technology and say, well, I mean, I can track myself. <laughs> I can see where my friends are. Why can't I track freight using technology? Why do I have to call the, uh, the driver, right? I'm just using that as an example. But, you know, simple things like that are becoming um, you know, a, an issue for them. I mean, if, if an organization doesn't adopt to technology well, they are at the risk of losing this huge workforce, smarter workforce, and the next workforce, because they are the ones that are going to go through this next transformation and carry us through, right? So adopting to technology is an important thing. Adopting to this change is important. The change is coming how you adopt as a company from top down and at every level. And as, you know, as the head of an organization, CEOs and other leaders in these organizations, they have a huge responsibility. Instead of telling people, you have to do this. We have a responsibility to educate our own employees and become almost like a champion to tell them how the future is going to look with this transformation. Um, Change always brings in a lot of fear in people. And everybody has their own way of adopting to change. And everyone has their own pace at which they adopt to change. Um, like Tom has explained, I think um, Tom, what Tom has done with his organization is a very good example. He didn't force the change on his employees, but let them see the change and let them adopt to it in phases. Um, in some way, that's exactly what we you know, promoted to with our customers. We tell them, you know, you got to do this in stages. So you're not really, you know, you're not forcing it down your uh, your employees' throats. If anything, let employees see the benefit and then the change will come as it is. But, um, you know, uh, with, with this change comes a huge opportunity. We talk about companies not just growing 20, 30%, but doubling in size in such short period. This is the time. I mean, the companies that are on the forefront of change, they have the opportunity to really grow um, in two, three years. And you know, um, we're going through that S-curve in, in organizations where we are in that slope. So literally in the next two to three years, this is all happening. You can see some of these companies just growing enormously. <laughs> Uh, you know, excited to see who who's going to take that opportunity and run with it. No, great, great points there. I particularly like the you know the, the importance of education and, and really you know communicating to to the teams in terms of what the uh, the objectives are, what the benefits are going to be, you know, what role they get to play, you know, as part of this, and how this is going to make them more efficient and and more you know put them in more value added roles, and perhaps in, in doing it right now. I'm sure if you talk to a lot of these folks today, there's a lot of frustrations that they have day in and day out doing it the old way. And these things are going to help eliminate some of those, uh, you know, some of those frustration, frustrations. You know, your point about the millennials and, you know, entering the workforce and, and, you know, the younger folks entering the workforce as well. I forget who said it, but someone mentioned, you know, uh, you know, their son uh, entering a, a freight brokerage and he was confused as to, you know, why they were all clicking and, 
and doing things manually. And says, why, why didn't he just like press on that truck and just move, swipe the screen and, and move it to this location? You know, the, his expectation was that, hey, you could, you, all the screens would have touch technology and that you could, able, you could just, you know, move a truck to a, a destination or to a load and boom, it would be done, right? So even when you think about things that we do with our iPads or our computers right now with touch technology or even, you know, I think your natural language uh, technology that, that we just talked about here. I mean, all those things are going to be play a bigger and bigger role in, you know, in, in this industry. Uh, so as a way to wrap up real quick here, uh, you know, Tom, we'll start with you and then Prasad, you can, you can add your thoughts here. I mean, uh, you know, what questions then should freight brokers ask themselves to assess whether they're a leader or a laggard when it comes to working smarter instead of harder? You know, I think I think there's two things that they really need to ask ask themselves, and I think the first thing is is what do they believe in, right? I think I think there's a there's a school of thought that um, we've always done it like this. You know, the back to the hey, uh, just just pound the phones and it'll come together. And if that's really what you believe in, um, I think it's it's a pretty clear um, idea of of whether you're going to be prepared for this or not. Um, it's, it's clear that change is coming. You know, it's funny, um, all this weekend I've been reading about uh, SNOO data, um, social media, news, event, and weather-related data, and all of that being brought into um, uh, what we're doing on a daily basis. And there's, you're going to have a group of these people that kind of scoff and laugh about it and say whatever, um, but then there's this, there's this whole other subset of, of, of um, people who are grabbing this and are leveraging it and finding ways to use it in their business. There will be people that will learn how to use this. And those shippers who are, who are, who are longing for more visibility, greater connectivity, they're going to want that. They're going to, they're going to desire some of those things. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, first, you know, what do you believe in? Do you believe that um, you can just stay the course the way you are and everything will work out and everything will be fine? Um, Or do you truly believe? And the second thing I would say is um, to really determine whether you're a leader or laggard is what are you talking about? Are you talking about this technology? If you're not talking about it um, in your, in your leadership meetings, in your board meetings, um, in your team meetings, um, if you're not talking about it, um, you're you're missing you're missing an opportunity. You need to we need to prepare our people now for what's coming um, because it's going to make it so much easier to help them migrate into these technologies when you start bringing them to the table. Great, uh, you know, great, great points. And I think in addition to uh, you talking about it, is identifying opportunities where you can get started in a kind of non-disruptive, low-risk, you know, small way. Almost like you you kind of introduced it in in a kind of uh, you know, it wasn't this big edict from on top, but it was something that, uh, you know, was easy for the, from a change management standpoint for the team to see the value and embrace and, and, you know, move it forward. Uh, Prasad, your, your, your closing thoughts. Um, I, I agree with what Tom said. You know, if anything, um, people have two choices. One, proactively transform their business. As this constant change is happening right now, they could proactively change their business or, um, status quo, you know, do nothing, do the same old way and risk of um, their business as a whole. Because, you know, when, when this is all happening, um, those who are not efficient are going to get pushed out um, in, in one way. Um, so going back to this, I think it's a clear choice. Um, you know, companies have to proactively take advantage of this, this cycle that's happening. And what I would say is those who are in this business, freight brokers, carriers, shippers, clearly define what what are your goals for the next two to three years? How big you want your organization to be? If you're a freight broker, do you want to double, triple, or grow 50%, you know, whatever it is, right? Clearly state your goals. Two, have a definition of the problems that you want to solve, how you want to get there. So give, give an example of, let's say you're a freight broker and your carrier sales reps are moving eight loads per day on an average. So in order for you to reach your goals, the same carrier salesperson would have to move 20 loads per day or 15 loads, whatever that matrix is. So um, unless we have clear metrics to measure it would be harder to reach those goals. So define what you what you are looking for or what problems you're trying to solve. Then go out and look for technology that can help you do that. And when you look at technology, there's, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, there are so many te- 
technology companies out there in this space. Um, you know, look for technology that is um, that can do multiple things, that is progressive, not one and done. Um, because as this cycle continues, your software vendor has to adapt to the change. Um, that's happening very fast. They would have to run with you. It's almost a, a three-legged race. Um, I'm not calling it a relay race. It's a three-legged race. So we're running together as partners. So this is one of the things that we tell our customers. We don't look at you as customers. As a freight broker, you're not our customer. You're our partner in this. So we're in a lot step more with you to run with you in this. So you need company, a vendor that is transforming fast. More importantly, a vendor that can do all in one because as much as people are hard to change, people have even more difficulty if you put many different systems in front of them and say, hey, you got to do system one for this, system two for this, system three for this or, you know, different softwares, people get confused. People don't like jumping around. And the other problem with multiple systems is each system has to talk. Now, that integrations will take longer time. This is happening very fast. So, you know, pick a vendor that, that has all-in-one solution that's running with you. And more importantly, whose goals are aligned with your goals, not, you know, who is trying to disrupt you as opposed to you know, empower you. That's very important because if goals are not aligned, there is going to be friction between um, the software and your organization, the software vendor and your organization. That's not good for either parties. Um, we're living in exciting times. This is a unbelievable time. Um, I feel like a kid in a candy store in some sense. You know, We got the, the front row seat, all of us, to see this transformation. This is probably a huge one in our lifetime. Um, and, you know, we got to be thankful for, for this opportunity in the first place. Uh, so, you know, if you're a freight broker, don't wait. Be on the forefront. Take advantage of what's out there. And grow your organizations. Be, you know, you've got to be a little bit more uh, fearless right? uh, here in this case because how you make your decision. You've got to, you know, have that mindset to go into the future. The future is bright. Great, great. A lot of, a lot of great uh, food for thought and, and uh, you know, advice and, and, and examples here. Um, you, you know, again, I think you're right. I mean, I think this is going to continue to evolve and change in, in the weeks and, and months and, and years ahead. And, and keeping a pulse on what's happening in the industry is, is going to be, uh, you know, critically important. And asking those questions that each of you brought up and really you know, setting those objectives, aligning it with metrics, and then, uh, you know, determining how you can leverage technology to reach those goals uh, is going to be uh, going to be key. So again, uh, we're out of time, uh, but again, I want to thank uh, uh, Tom and uh, Prasad for making the time to be with us today to kind of share your thoughts and advice on this topic. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Tom. Great. And uh, if you're watching this episode on, uh, on demand, uh, either at the uh, Trucker Tools website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Tom or Prasad, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.